Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. I am pretty excited about this podcast episode because this is going to be a very actionable one, meaning we're going to do some exercises, and I would encourage you to get your tax return handy. So this is going to be reviewing your tax return. We're going to cover really two main topics. The first is doing a profit analysis for your business, and the second is determining how much money you are spending on taxes. And then using that information to figure out how much money you should be saving for taxes. In order to do this, you need to have a completed copy of your 2021 tax return. So if you're listening, maybe pause, go grab it, or you can do what I often do, listen to this once at a more kind of leisurely environment while you're driving, whatever, just listen, absorb, and then put it on your calendar to circle back and listen again and actually do the steps that we talk about. We'll also make sure to outline this really well in the show notes for you so that you can read about it as well. So first things first, we're going to do a profit analysis of your business looking backwards at last year, and then you can use this information to do forward planning. Okay. Also thinking about these numbers, you can also do the same thing by looking at your PL and your bookkeeping. Okay. So let's look at the schedule C. So the schedule C, assuming you're a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, the schedule C is where your business taxes go. This is the form you'd want to find in your package of tax information to get all of our business numbers. If you're an S corp, you're going to want to look at your 1120 S. And if you're a partnership, you'll want to look at your 1065. Okay. Those are the forms. Also, when I talk about like your package of tax forms, we're talking about when you file your taxes, you should be able to find, if you use H&R Block, TurboTax, whatever, you should be able to download your tax return, the completed copy, and you should see a whole bunch of forms. Maybe not a whole bunch. It depends, you know, what you got going on. But the first form is typically going to be your 1040. We're going to get to that in a moment. And then somewhere in there, you're going to have the Schedule C, which says profit or loss from business. And then underneath of it, it says in par- like parentheses, sole proprietorship. That's what we're talking about. Okay? So you want to find that. So let's look at it. Um When we're talking about calculating profit, what most people would do is they would look at really the first line, line one, which is gross revenue, all the money that you make. And they look at the last line, line 31, which is net profit. And they would, you know, take net profit divided by gross revenue to find the profit percentage. And you could do that. But we're not going to because we want to get a little bit more detailed and I don't think that's the best reflection of your finances. So instead, we're going to start by looking at the percentage of money that you spend on your cost of goods. But actually, I got ahead of myself in my notes. So hold on for a second. This is why I should really do like a practice run before I go through all of this. That's all right. So to get our overall profit, um, we want to look at line three. So line three is your uh, amount after returns and allowances. 
Personally, I don't like to calculate the gross revenue before returns with profit. So line three under Schedule C is gross income after returns or refunds. So look at that. If you have a lot of returns and refunds, line two, if that's a really high number, you want to check into that. Like, why are we having so many refunds? That could be one $5,000 pain in the ass client that you refunded. That's a big chunk of change. Or it could be a, a lot of a lot of smaller amounts that are adding up. That's a bigger issue. All right. So line three is the income amount we want to start with. So the first thing, which I mentioned a second ago, is to figure out what percentage of our money is going towards cost of goods. So to do this, all we need to do is take line four and divide that by line three. So for example, if you have gross receipts after returns of $100,000 and you have cost of goods of $30,000, your cost of goods percentage would be 30%. So quick recap, cost of goods, we typically only have cost of goods when we're selling physical products. So if you're a floral designer, excuse me, if you're a floral designer, your flower, the flowers would be the cost of goods because you're buying them in order to create the thing. Okay. If you're a baker, your flour, sugar, all of that kind of stuff would be your cost of goods. So that's your percentage for that. If you are just a service provider, then you're probably not going to have any cost of goods and we're not going to have to really worry about this. All right. So you get your cost of goods percentage. Now you can look at all of your expenses. So find your total amount for expenses, which is line 28 on your schedule C, and you'll divide that by line three. So if your expenses total $25,000, remember your line three under our hypothetical is 100,000, the percentage would be 25%. Note that I'm not including your home office here because on the schedule C, the home office is line 30. It comes after our line 28. So I'm gonna talk about that more in a moment. Our profit percentage, there's lots of different ways we can calculate this, but since we've already done some math, our profit percentage is simply what's left over after cost of goods and expenses. So if we put 30% of our revenue went to our cost of goods and 25% went to expenses, that totals 55% of our income. So what's left over, that would be our profit. Our profit would be 45%. And this is really telling us the financial health of our business. Now, how can we increase our profit? We can increase our profit by making more money without increasing our expenses. So let's think about that. Your expenses are like your fixed costs, really. If you are in a goods-based business, your cost of goods are likely gonna increase in like equivalent to your income. But if your cost of goods stays at 30%, your expenses could decrease from 25% if you make more money without having more expensive other than cost of goods. Hopefully you follow that, a little bit complicated. But increasing your revenue would be one way to increase your profit. Similarly, you could keep revenue the same or decrease your expenses. You could keep revenue the same and decrease your cost of goods. And typically to do that, you would have to just get your cost of goods cheaper, get a better deal, buy them in bulk, wholesale, whatever. So there's a few different ways you could increase those numbers. Now let's dig into this profit a little bit more. I mentioned earlier, you could also calculate profit by taking your line 31 and line 31 is your net profit on the tax return after including home office deduction. And you could divide that by line one. And line one, again, is your gross receipts before considering returns and refunds. This would give you a lower profit percentage because, as I just mentioned, it would include your home office and your returns. 
Um, but this is the right profit for, for tax purposes. If, if you just want to just, if someone asks you like, what percentage was your profit on your tax return? You'd probably be looking at line 31 and line one, but it's not really, in my opinion, like, I don't even want to say right because there's really no right and wrong here. It's not like the best number to look at in terms of analyzing the financial health of your business. Because again, we want to think about returns and we want to think about home office deduction. The reason why I say we want to think about home office deduction is because most of us, okay, so if you went to go house hunting, right, or apartment hunting, you might, like on your wish list might be like a nice second or third bedroom so that you have a great place to work for your business. Okay, so it might factor in, but I still don't really consider that like a business expense. Does this make sense? Like you're going to be paying the rent regardless. Maybe some of you could argue that you would pay less in rent if you didn't have a business because you'd be content living in a smaller home. But I think most of us are going to spend the amount, the same amount of money. It's just a matter of like, are we going to buy a, or rent a three bedroom apartment in one location, or maybe get a two bedroom apartment and a little bit of a better location or a newer building. You might opt for the three bedroom. So you have a home office and a guest room but you're still probably going to spend the same amount of money. I hope that makes sense. The reason why I'm getting into all of this is because although we get a tax deduction for our home office, I don't like to think about it as a business expense because it's not really, we'd be getting it either way. And um, I lost track of what my and was. Anyhow, we want to think about other hybrid expenses as well. So a hybrid expense is something that we pay, uh, pay for that's both personal and business use. So an example would be a cell phone, right? Like we get a business deduction for our cell phone. But again, I would argue in most cases, this is an expense that we would have regardless of whether we have a business. Now I used to have, used to, in my first couple of years of business, I had two phones because I felt like I needed it, right? It felt fancy. I'm like, I'm gonna have my law firm phone and I'm gonna have my personal phone. And so my phone bill was more than I realized that was totally unnecessary. Canceled the one phone line, got to a Google voice number for free, got a little bit more frugal. And then at that point, I'm like, my cell phone is costing me the same amount of money. I get a business deduction for it, but it's costing me the same. And this is why um, I kind of back that out of the finances. It's very difficult for me to explain. Okay, but stick with me. I think it's all going to come full circle. I like to think about other expenses as well. So take a deeper look at your expenses and ask yourself, what's the total that, what's the total amount of expenses I would have even if I didn't have a business, right? So your cell phone, you would have that. Even if you didn't have a business, you'd have your cell phone. You would have your rent and your mortgage, right? These are all things you'd still pay for if you didn't have a business. Also think about trips. So for example, I am going... I might be going to LA in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Vegas this fall. I might be going um, a couple other places I'm thinking about going. These are all places that I will fully deduct because they will be business trips. But I bet, I can't be exactly certain, but I would bet that if I had a salary job in lieu of going to these places, I would be going on vacations, right? So these are trips that, yeah, I'm working at, but still they're, they're fun. So I consider them personal like things that provide me personal fulfillment and personal joy. And so when I'm thinking about the profitability of my business, I like to back these things out when doing my profit analysis. 
And again, examples are a home office, cell phone, maybe a vacation. And if we're going to take these things out, when we recalculate our profit, we can't really use this number for any legal purposes. Uh, like when we value or sell the business, we can't say that our business actually is more profitable because actually that one work trip that we took was like also provided us personal benefit. That sounds real sketchy, right? However, I like to look at this number because it provides me a better metric when looking at the health of my business. So if I take these things out, I can give myself a better comparison to a salary job. So let me just give you, let me, let me just break this down like a little bit more concrete. Assume that you have a full-time salary job and you make $70,000. All right. And you decide that this year you decide to quit your job December 31st, and you're going to start your new business in the new year. And then you show in the new year, you have like, I don't know, let's say $80,000 in revenue and you have uh, only $10,000 in like routine business expenses. So that's $70,000 net, but you also get a $5,000 deduction for your home office. You take some trips where you get a $5,000 deduction. You have a couple other things like your cell phone and all of that adds up to a $2,000 deduction. If I kept up with all that math, okay, big if, your tax return is going to show a profit of $58,000. So let me give you a hypothetical that's very real, like in my personal situation and for a lot of other people. So you're talking to your spouse, like you're looking at your tax return, you're talking to your spouse, maybe you're just having this conversation with yourself. And you're like, you know what? I left my old job. I promised myself I'd make more money in my full-time job. But my tax return says I only made $58,000. So it seems like I'm not making as much money. I'm, am I struggling? And the answer is, well, no, not really. Because your tax return showing your profit after taking deductions for all these things that you were paying for when you were full-time employed, but that you weren't getting deductions for on your tax return. Does this make sense? So it's showing that you less made less money in these this is because some of the tax benefits we get as self-employed folks, but those are all, I call them quality of life expenses. Okay. So quality of life expenses are things that we want to think about when we look at the profit of our business. I could probably do a whole podcast episode on that. Um, I'm really just getting the ball ball rolling in terms of explaining that in the best way that I can. I'll probably fine tune this explanation in the future and do another episode. But meanwhile, I just want to encourage you to begin thinking about your numbers and manipulating them in different ways. And not like in an illegal way, not like manipulating numbers to inflate your deductions, but just looking at these different numbers and kind of tweaking them and thinking about, well, I spent money on this, but really this is really like, I got some personal enjoyment out of that. And it just helps you look at what your business is providing to you. That's the best way I could explain it. So you could say, my business provided me with $58,000 of profit, but my business also provided me with like three work trips that I had a really great time at that I would not have been able to do if I was employed. That's what my business provided me. So that's what I would encourage you to think about, okay? So moving on now to quarterly taxes. This one's gonna be, uh, I was gonna say simpler. The numbers are gonna be simpler, but quarterly taxes confuse everyone. So what I want you to start by doing is we're gonna find your total household gross income. Total household gross incomes, compound term, all right? And this is adding up all your sources, sources of income. So we're going to look at your gross income from Schedule C. So that's line one, all right? Line one from Schedule C, plus gross income from any other forms. So if you have a rental property, you're going to have a form for your rental property, and that's going to have a gross income line. You want to take that as well. If you have five Schedule Cs, you want to take line one from all five and add them up, all right? 
You also are going to take line one from your 1040, which is your wages. And you're going to add that. If there's any other income we're missing, add that as well. Add all those together. This is your total household gross income. Okay. Now we're going to add up your taxes. So add up line 16 from your 1040, which is the total tax, your total federal income tax, and then add line 23, which is other taxes, namely self-employment tax, then subtract any credits. All right. That's your federal total federal tax. So your income tax, self-employment tax minus credits is your total federal tax that you pay to the IRS. And then you're going to add any state taxes. So if you have your state tax return handy, you can add those as well. And this is going to give you your total tax, total tax paid, total, uh, I'm just saying the word total a lot, total federal, total state, total everything, total together. All right. So take total tax divided by your total household gross income. And this is your tax percentage. So if your total tax was $20,000 and your total household gross income was $100,000, your tax percentage is 20%. And this is the way that I like to do this calculation because this tells us very clearly, this tells us very clearly that 20% of every single dollar that came into this household went back out towards taxes. 20% that came in went back out towards taxes. So if you get a part-time job, you get a new part-time job, we would expect about 20% of those dollars to be set aside for taxes, but you don't have to do that because it's a part-time job where you get an employee, they do it on your paychecks. But if your spouse starts a side hustle that's not subject to with tax withholdings, they should save 20% on their income and you should save 20% on your business income because those are not subject to tax withholdings. I talk a lot in my programs about why I do it this way. It's different from the way most other accountants do it but it makes it very, very helpful because any every additional income stream you bring in, you have your percentage. Now, it's important to note that this is the percentage for last year. If you're anticipating on making a lot more money this year, your percentage might be higher. You can make your best estimates to determine if you should be saving more. For a lot of people, as long as you're not expecting your income to double, if your percentage was 20 last year, you could probably increase it to 25 if you're expecting to make you know, 10, 20, even $30,000 more in income. If you're expecting it to double, then you might want to really look at the analysis. So this is kind of your baseline. This is the simplest way I like to explain quarterly taxes. If you want to get even more granular, granular and specific, join ProfitRx, my membership, because the very first thing you do in module one is you calculate this tax percentage by doing a forward projection, by looking at how much you're going to be making and doing a semi-manual calculation, because I give you a spreadsheet that does all the math. You just have to plug in the numbers. Once you have that percentage, this is so easy. Once you have the percentage, you're going to set up an automation. So I teach a specific tool in ProfitRx. You could also do this manually. But every time you get paid, you're going to transfer your tax percentage. If it's 20%, you transfer 20% into a tax savings. And then every quarter when quarterly taxes are due, you're going to take that balance and you're going to go pay it towards the tax, probably 15% to federal, 5% to the state, however it breaks down. So a lot more information about how to do that inside of ProfitRx. If though you want to learn a lot more about these numbers and check out ProfitRx, how you might be able to join at a reduced rate you should go check out my free training, which is titled how to turn your business into a wealth generating machine. We'll put it in the show notes, the link, so You can just click right over to it, uh, but you'll also find it on my homepage. I go into more detail on how to calculate this percentage, 
how to look at your profit margins. Uh, we cover even more details. And at the end, I share more, more information about ProfitRx and give you the opportunity to join at a reduced rate. So go check it out. It's the best way for you to learn about your numbers, become your own CFO in your business and start killing it. So that's all for today's episode. I hope you liked this one. Let me know, send me a message on Instagram if you enjoyed it. Uh, leave a review that's super helpful uh, for me to help grow the show. Super, super appreciated. And thanks so much for tuning in. I will be back in your podcast app next Thursday where we are going to talk a little bit about back taxes. So stay tuned if that's helpful for you. Uh, and either way, I hope you have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.